MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And next, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that allows you to bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com slash SGPN. And lastly, we're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's S-O-B-E-T dot I-O slash SGPN. And of course, before we begin the podcast, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hand. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Hi-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 106. It's going to go out to all the ladies out there listening to this podcast, over under one and a half of them, we figure, are listening that aren't related to us, because this episode is all about the ladies. It's ladies' night on the MMA Gambling Podcast, because we're we're breaking down an all-female fight card later on today on this podcast, so... This this goes out to all, all the ladies in the in the audience. The men can listen to if they choose. Um, I would be your host. Uh, my name would be Jeff Hobocop Fox. I am one of the editors at SportsGamblingPodcast.com, as well as hosting this here podcast, and I run the MMA-Manifesto.com. If you're listening to us on our MMA Gambling Podcast feed, thank you, because you're getting this podcast as soon as it drops. If you're not, uh, if you could please subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed, that would help us out with our numbers, plus it would get us in your ears even earlier every episode, which you definitely want to get us in your ears as soon as possible, so you can get some money down on our amazing picks, because my co-host is going to have some amazing picks today. He's going to go 6-0 and on the Invicta fight card that's coming up this week. He guarantees it. Or I guarantee it on his behalf. Who would that co-host be? That would be the man known as the Mountain Man of Massachusetts. 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 Uh, um, what else? What else is he known as? He's known as Dano sometimes. You probably know him more often than not as Gumby. It would be Daniel Vreeland. Hello. Hey, what's up? You know, so you're. Let's just get this straight to start. You're, you're guaranteeing, despite the fact that my usual record when we talk about regional level cards, especially if there are five or six fights on it, is that I'm good for one loss on them. You, you're here guaranteeing that I'm not going to lose even one. Yes, six and zero, oh, Massachusetts. You had a lot of trouble with that. <laughs> that doesn't bode well for you as we begin to no. start saying fighters names too which by the way there's one or Zapatella. two yeah Zapatella is one of the easier ones actually there, there's one yep. or two on this fight card that I expect you to get wrong so uh I'm looking forward to it <laughs> Klizka Klizka yeah. 
Kleska, yeah. Kleska? Yeah, you, you're yeah, close you enough. I'd, I'd give there you, you that one. See, there's there's no no one else really. Oh, is it Pone or Pony? Hmm. <laughs> That's the one. Do you know what it is? I do know what it is. <laughs> probably Pony. It's probably Pony or Pony. And, and you would be wrong on both of those guesses. It's just not <laughs> Elise. Elise Pony. She's. I guarantee that's what it was originally. And now that, now that the family is decades ago moved to North America, they probably changed it to Pone. It's Elise Pone. Because <laughs> Americans don't know how to say Pony. Doesn't that sound like a French name, Elise Pony? Yeah. When I looked at it, I 100% assumed that, and then I went back and watched her fight and heard. Um, was it Julie Kedzie? I think was announcing it. Julie yep. Kedzie said Elise Pone, and I was like, oh. I, I trust Julie Kedzie. She would know. <laughs> well, she's American also, so I'm telling you, they Americanized it. Um, I don't know anything about this girl, but um, I guarantee. I guarantee. I, I know she's fighting at a state college, Pennsylvania. Other than that, um, <laughs> just like Cyril Gain is, is Cyril is Cyril Gane, it should be, but he's Gain, right? Yeah, Have I think we decided he's, on that. I is think he's, he's one of those ones that I constantly second guess myself with, no matter how many times I look it up. Him and Manel Cat. Yep. I, I I will never actually know how to say either of those two's names. I will look it up. I will get the correct pronunciation. I will say it correct on the show, and then the next time I will not remember. <laughs> it should be Cape, right? Is that what we're going with? I, I like. It should cape. be Manel Cape <laughs> or Cape. Yeah, see, because you're American. Uh, North Americans uh, butcher everything, so that's why you just want to say Cape. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, either way, it, what's it's your last name really supposed to be? I I think it's Greenland. There's a there's a really? town just south of Amsterdam named Vreeland, so I'm assuming it comes from there. Have you visited that town? Yeah, say, I hey, did. I did on the way town. I did on the way up to Amsterdam from Belgium one time. So when I went, uh, I, like, fairly fresh out of college, backpacked Europe, and I went from uh, England to France to Belgium and up to the Netherlands. And on my way to Amsterdam, I went through Vreeland, uh, and it is there is there is nothing to see. <laughs> did you tell everyone that you're Vreeland, and did they care? No, so because I was on my way to Amsterdam, I did not yet know that everybody in the Netherlands spoke fluent English possibly better than I do. Um, so I was, like, still petrified to try out the Dutch that I had kind of tried to teach myself. Um, and then when I tried it out when I was in Amsterdam, I was like, oh, I could have talked with everybody in that town, and it wouldn't have been hard at all. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the case pretty much everywhere, isn't it? If it's big enough. Yeah, every, everyone pretty much speaks English, so. Everywhere except for France of those four countries I went to, obviously England speaks, uh, well, if you somewhat English, depending on where you're, you are in England. Um, and then, yeah, Belgium and the Netherlands, uh, they basically, everybody there is like tri or quadrilingual. Yeah, if, and if you, once you leave Montre the Montreal area in Quebec, it gets a little iffy. I, I think they know how to speak English. They just want to stick it to a, the rest of the <laughs> rest of the Canadians that they hate. They hate us Anglo Canadians. But this is not a political podcast nor a uh, linguistic podcast. This is a gambling on people fighting podcast. Um, one of the fights we Dan announced this fight last uh, last podcast, and it's already been canceled. So I blame <laughs> Dan. For, I blame Dan for this, and it is 
Um, Volkanovsky verse is Holloway part three, like the day after they announced it, uh, or yeah, it was pretty much a day or a day and a half after they announced it. Um, Max Holloway pulled out of it due to an injury. So like, did he not, is this just a weird coincidence or did the UFC do what they like to do sometimes and they jump the gun and they just announce fights without actually telling the fighter that, that the fight is booked? No, I don't think so because like, this wouldn't make a lot of sense for Max to turn down, right? Because obviously it's almost shocking that he gets a third title fight having not um, beaten Volk in either of the first two. And granted, at least the second one was close. The first one wasn't very close. But the second one was close. Um, so, like, it, it's still kind of shocking he winds up with a third chance um, in all of that. So I don't think there'd be a reason for him to turn it down. There certainly didn't seem to be a reason for Volkanovski to turn it down because he wants to fight again and seemed geared up to fight Max one more time and so so I don't think it's one of those instances plus Holloway claimed that uh he re-aggravated an injury he had already had um so like that that seems plausible especially because he's had some some issues with different things over the course of his career so I, I think it's actually an injury being re-aggravated but the timing is miserable because they just announced it to, like, really hype up that card. That card looked like it was going to be an absolute banger. It still looks great on paper, but, like, that is a huge blow because um, Volkanovski versus whatever replacement fits there maybe doesn't have quite the same kind of draw as Volkanovski Max 3 would. Um, but then again, I actually think a lot of the people who are there – as potential alternates for Max, it, it Volk seems in on fighting an alternate. It doesn't seem like he's going to pull out and wait for Max. I, I actually find those matches more stylistically interesting because I haven't seen him twice. Yeah, exactly. No, I wasn't questioning whether um, Holloway was actually injured. Is just a lot of times they will announce a fight without confirming that the fighter is ready to go. That's the case. Like it, maybe this, maybe the timing of it surprised him, but nonetheless. Um, also, I blame your other husband, Shockwave Dave, because he was questioning on Twitter why they would make this fight for a third time. So uh, he's getting his wish, and they're not making it, at least not now, for a third time. So who is going to step in and take this fight? It's uh, Korean Zombie is seems to be the leading candidate. Um, other people have thrown their hat in the ring, including Giga Chikese, uh, but he's fighting next week, and I don't think they want to want to mess up that fight card since he's the main event. Plus, Volkanovski apparently turned that down. So it seems like it's going to be Korean Zombie, does it not? Yeah, Korean Zombie seems to make the most sense. So I would say, you know, Volkanovski took to Twitter and said that he was into the Volkanov- or to the Korean Zombie fight. Korean Zombie's management uh, has come out and said that Korean Zombie is interested in the fight and would be ready for it and would take it. That That seems to be the two major hurdles usually to getting this fight to happen, the champ wanting it, a contender being ready on the UFC's time frame, um, you know, being good enough to sell, right? Korean Zombie's got tons of fans, so that's already a, a feather in his cap as well. The only thing I will say is I bet you the UFC waits uh, at least a week before choosing who it is, because if Giga goes in there and he head kicks Calvin Cater into oblivion in like 30 seconds, what a coup would that be for the UFC to be like, do you think this guy's for real? Guess what? Now he's fighting Volkanovski. Um, I can see them turning around and just doing that. Uh, and there's no rush to book 
Korean zombie, right? That fight isn't supposed to happen until, is it March or April? Like, we're, we're a couple months away regardless of that. So so why rush to say it's Korean zombie when you can wait six days and possibly have another really great option in, in Giga Chikade? Um, and then they can sort of take the temperature of, like, you know, what, what do you think fans want? The recency of the big win of Giga Chikazi, the longtime name value of Korean Zombie. Like, th- there's a lot of different ways that that could go. So I, I think those are the two front runners. A- anybody outside of those two, I think, are, are absolutely not an option at this point. Yeah, there's no reason for uh, them to rush, like you said. Uh, hasn't stopped them before, though. Um, and it is a little less than two months now until... Till the fight is UFC 272 that we're speaking of on uh, March the 5th, T-Mobile Arena in Paradise, Nevada. They already have a Aljamain Sterling, Piotr Jan title unification fight on that card. So they, they got one title fight, but they, uh, especially with smaller weight classes, they like to, or lighter weight classes, excuse me, they like to, to stack these cards with uh, with at least a couple couple title fights. So so we get a lot of crummy uh, fight night cards leading up and uh, leading up to each each pay-per-view. I think that's the plan. Yeah, I, I imagine something will get booked for this. I, I'm not at all worried that, like, they're not going to find – there's 80 people raising their hand and volunteering to do it. There's plenty of quality. I mean, like, even if, if like, say, Korean Zombie – I think he's actually training in Arizona, so this isn't even, a like, a logical uh, worry. But, like, if he couldn't get Avisa here to fight on time and Giga didn't come out of the Calvin Cater fight unscathed, you still have Josh Emmett and Arnold Allen um, who are right there. You know, both of them have won at least four in a row. Um, Josh Emmett's coming off a nice win over Danny Gay. Like, sure, are they, like, world beaters who I would schedule for a title fight if I wasn't up Shit's Creek without a paddle? No, probably not. But, like, either one of them would work for right now. How about you, Dan? Are you – you said you are at the gym this morning. Are you prepared to cut down to 145? <laughs> uh, I would need to lose at least one of my legs. Um, is, that, is that an issue? Is there, is there ever been a featherweight at, like, 6'3"? With there one has, leg? No, oh, no. I was going to say a feather, featherweight at, like, 6'3". There's got to be one over some course of time that looked <sighs> just absolutely sickly. Probably. What's – um, you know, what's his face? You know the 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 tall skinny guy that fights in the UFC now. You know that tall, what's his name? The tall skinny guy. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that's super super. I can't remember if he's featherweight or what he is though. There is a guy who is. Now I'm gonna have to look it up, Dan, because that's what we do on this show. <laughs> but a six three, 145 pounder would be a bit of a stretch. Yeah, because um, I'm thinking. Yes. And even of like Miguel Angel Torres, who looked like, for yep. those of you who remember the WEC days, he looked like sickly all the time. And he fought at 45 and 30. He fought at 35 a little bit too, right? Um, yeah, I think so. 35 and 45. And he was only 5'9 and he looked sickly. So, yeah, I can't imagine somebody at 6'3 probably would look look pretty ghastly. How's can't your, believe how, you don't. Uh, how's you your Googling? Who how's I'm talking Googling? about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm looking. I'm looking at my spreadsheet. I don't think Sean Wood's in. That's who I was thinking of. Oh, Sean yeah, Woodson's yeah. He's, way. He's, he's pretty tall. Yeah. He's pretty tall. Let me now. I think he's now I will enough. be Wikipedia. Yeah, no, maybe. Oh, not. he's six two. He's six two. There you go. So yeah, I would have to look like Sean Woodson, which. Uh, yeah, I don't currently. So. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Keep going to the gym. You never know, right? That's you never right. Know. 
He got to up the cardio. <laughs> he better. He got up a lot. All right. All right. That's enough goofing around, guys and gals, because this one's for the – got to break down some fights. First, win bet. I got to tell you about win bet. Ready to win money and boost your odds. Win bet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Plus, WinBet has a brand new bonus. Bet five bucks, win $400 in free bets. And you can win a trip, VIP trip, to Shaq's Funhouse in L.A. I think we determined this is actually Shaquille O'Neal, did we not? Yes, I, I believe we I believe we properly identified this as being Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, yeah, no one else has a fun house. But, yeah, bet 20 bucks on win bets, build your own bet feature, and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, and a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and, if that's not enough, a $5,000 travel credit. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For booster parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. And also make sure you, you visit PropSwap because we are brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The NFL playoffs and college football championship are r- right around the corner. And PropSwap has the best odds on all football futures. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair and then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors just like yourself. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and a prop swap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double cash means double the odds. Sellers cross country list their sports bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit prop swap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. This week, Derek from Colorado purchased a Georgia College Football Championship ticket on prop swap at odds of minus 120, a huge discount to pay, compared to the sports books who currently have them, have the Bulldogs at minus 150. If you're not using PropSwap, then you are missing out. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Dan says, buy futures on the Dallas Cowboys. Do they have a playoff opponent lined up? Uh, Unless some things go very weirdly as we record right now, it looks like they're going to play the Cardinals, who they lost to just a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, no. Not, not the most, the best playoff matchup, but they look pretty good Saturday night against the Eagles, uh, although th- there are a bunch of replacements in that game, but they did score 51, so uh, yeah, it's, it's Cowboys and Bulls, always you know, yes. look for future bets on the Bulls, too. Bulls, number one team in the Eastern Conference currently is the Chicago Bulls. By multiple games! Yes, <laughs> yeah. and the Phoenix Suns are finally first again in the, even though they... Did not play well last night. They are first we are, in the West. They're, so. they're on a collision course. It, it's yes. going to happen. We're going to have to record some of these shows with, like, a basketball tinge to them uh, yep. when the NBA Finals come around. I, I thought you were going to say live from the NBA Finals. We're going to have to <laughs> record some of these because maybe that can happen. Bosses, we hopefully we gave uh, the Boston winning picks last podcast so uh, Sean can, can spring for a trip to to uh, Chicago and, and Phoenix. We'll go to both. I'm not picky. We'll go to every game. <laughs> All right. I don't think we'll have time to, to get to Kansas City, Kansas, uh, to the PAL KC venue to uh, for Wednesday's Invicta FC 45. Zapatella versus Delboni 2, unfortunately, but it is free on YouTube for everyone to watch starting at 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. So 
That's a bonus. Have you seen Invicta Live ever? I have never seen Invicta Live, but mostly that's because they're in the uh, the Midwest. Also, is is the the Pal KC? Is that the is that the Fight Church? Am I remembering this right? Ah, I'm gonna Google it. But yeah, uh, Police Athletic League of Kansas City. So probably. Oh I yeah, that, Police. That's what Pal stands for, us, right? Yeah, but I think that's the the old abandoned church where they now have fights in. Um, which, by the way, if you've never seen an Invicta card, if, if you're one of these people listening who's like a degenerate UFC gambler and maybe dabbles with Bellator, watch watch Invicta because not only are there going to be some sick fights, but like they're literally, if I'm thinking of the right arena, they're having these fights in a church, which is just awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I see a story about this 128-year-old church that's yep. become a boxing gym. I, yeah, I'm not sure this is – I'm not sure this – is the same spot or not but yeah they always are um yeah looks like it is the same spot i think yeah imagine it's the police athletic league in the uh in the article so yeah yeah they're always i guess they've been they were in vegas a few years ago when they were piggybacking off uh um ufc fight me fight week but usually it's always kansas city right yeah, they have a lot of stuff in Kansas City. Um, I, I want to say they've moved around, if I remember correctly, in some of those, like, Midwestern-y towns. But, like, yeah, it's, it's always in one of those couple of places. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I I highly suggest it. I think it's always a good time watching Invicta fights. And now they're super easy to watch because they're on YouTube. So just watch them on YouTube. Yep. Exactly. YouTube for free. Uh, only six fights, which is also a bonus if you don't want to have your whole night taken up because you know wednesday night's party night obviously um enclosure it's in a cage dan it says according to uh <laughs> well thank god apology <laughs> yes all right uh, as we always do we will start from the bottom to the top we started at the bottom now we're here uh, we'll start with <laughs> flyweight helen peralta versus uh, elise Ponet. we just decided that's her name right Elise Pone. <laughs> no, whatever. Elise Pone is what the American says. All right. That's, her nickname is The Peace. She's got one fight, <laughs> one knockout. Uh, and that was in Invicta. It was via TKO, her, her last uh, fight, her debut. Uh, seven inches taller than Peralta, five inches of reach. So she is much bigger, the much bigger fight here. But she's at plus 425, if you want to get in on that. Peralta, in. Ian Sana is her nickname or something like I A N S A. Do you know anything about that? Yansa probably is how you say I, it. I I don't I don't know anything about that nickname. <laughs> do you know? I've got to ask. Do you know about ev- all the women on this fight card? Have yeah, you seen I everyone. Do. Yeah, I do. The Even, only the only one who I hadn't been particularly familiar with going in was uh was Pone because she Pone. just had yeah it's Pone uh she just. Just had one Invicta fight leading in. Um, I did know about her ahead of time that she was a Muay Thai fighter, which I'll talk about in a second. But um, the rest of them I had all seen at some point in time and knew something about. And in the red corner, a Muay Thai fighter is what they say. <laughs> Elise Pone. And, and I'll be like, yes, I knew it. It will definitely yeah. be Pone. <laughs> it will be. All right. Also, uh, Iansa hmm. is the goddess of wind, lightning, and magic. Oh, look out. Look out, Elise Pone. You are in trouble. You're going to have all those elements coming at you from Peralta in the cage. All right, Peralta's four and two. She's got one knockout. 
She's 4-1 in Invicta, won her last fight. She used to fight down at Strawweight. This one is at Flyweight. Uh, she also bare-knuckle boxes uh, where she – BKFC, where she uh, she is 2-0 in there, undefeated. She's three years younger than Elise Ponet, and she's at minus 535. Do you like the numbers here? Uh, I mean, the like, biggest one on the card. Who Whoever likes minus 535, no, right? Uh, nobody ever. Are they fair? Uh, yeah, I think it's fair. Uh, I'm obviously going with Hedlund Peralta here. Uh, look, I, I like what I've seen out of Pone. Like, I, I think she, her, her Muay Thai style is really fun. She has her hands up way high, which is a, a benefit to some of the, some, sometimes you see Muay Thai fighters who, whose hands come down a little bit and it's like kind of dangerous in MMA because they're worried about the takedowns and then they don't get the benefit of having their hands way up and they don't get the stuff takedowns. It's like this weird in-between zone, but hers are way up. I think the problem here is that Peralta is uh, infinitely more aggressive. She hits infinitely more hard. The, the You know, you mentioned Pone's debut. She won by TKO. It, she, like, got her opponent back against the cage, and her opponent just kind of, like, shelled up. It wasn't necessarily that she, like, stunned her or, or hit her real hard and had her wobbly or anything. Like, she just shelled up and then just never defended herself again. Whereas Peralta, like, will put people out. She, like, sits down on her punches really well. She's a great counter puncher. She's going to be so much stronger here. I think she's going to be so much more active. Um, I just can't imagine Pone winning this fight in any way other than, like, she – she just throws a ton of kicks and tries to stay away from any punching exchanges. And I don't think uh, she's going to do that. So yeah, I, I like Peralta here. Um, I, I don't see a whole lot of props for this listed anywhere, but if I was looking for a prop here to make this one a little bit more interesting, Peralta by finish would not be out of the question. Cause she, like I said, she does hit like a truck. There you go. And she has all those, the control of all the elements too, that you mentioned earlier, wind <laughs> right. and rain and lightning and whatnot. So that's gotta help. Uh, um, I don't know how fair that is, but uh, maybe in Kansas they let, let those things fly. I'm not sure about that condition. All right, moving on. We've got a Canadian, Nathan. Uh, Nathan, You're not Nathan, are you? No, I'm not. We both have he, children named Nathan. Though. We do. He's in the room beside me. Um, here, here's, uh, here's an aside. We haven't had too many asides. It um, shows you how good a parent I am. We are. Um, he bought a new Mario game for his Nintendo Switch, like, Friday after school, and he's already completed it. <laughs> he's played it nonstop since then. So, yeah, there you go. That's some good parodying. He's been in his room playing uh, Mario for basically 48 hours straight. So that's that's how you do it, Dan. When your Nathan's old enough, that's how you do it. All right. I'll keep, I'll keep an eye on that. <laughs> okay. But as I was saying, we have uh, Canadian fighting. Katie Saul, she's not just a Canadian. She is queen of the north. Did you know that she was queen of the north, Dan? I did know that, yeah. Did you know we had a queen? I, I heard it while uh, while I was watching rewatching one of her fights. She is the queen of the north, and she hails from the see. Does she hail from anywhere near me, Manitoba? No, oh yeah, she's from Winnipeg. No, she is not near me. Where is Winnipeg in comparison to where I live in Ontario, Dan? Canadian uh, city. It's been a while. It's I'm gonna say it's it's northeast. Northwest would be the okay. correct answer, Dan. And it's yeah, it's right beside us but it's quite quite a trek so there you go um all right uh what can i tell you let's break down the fight shall we this is adam weight which is what we want in the ufc which we mentioned pretty much every episode so thought i'd throw it out there again so all right we got batgirl tabitha 
Ann Watkins versus Queen of the North, Katie Saul. So we got like some kind of comic book battle here. Um, and this is pretty much a pick 'em, uh, a pick 'em fight on the on the boards currently. The last one was quite a lopsided um, matchup, at least according to um, the odds makers. This one, not so much. Uh, all right, let's break it down. We'll do Queen of the North first. Um, she is Canadian, it says in my records here, which is important to know. She's three and five with one submission, zero and two in Invicta. She's lost three straight fights. She used to fight upper weight class at strawweight. She's an inch taller and has an inch of reach over Batgirl Watkins. Uh, Watkins is three and three with two submissions. She's been knocked out herself twice. This is her Invicta debut. She went 0-1 in Ryzen, 0-1 in Bellator. She's also lost three straight fights, and she's not fought since August of 2019. I think I think she had a Invicta um, exhibition fight. Like one round, I think probably was in a tournament. I believe. Yeah, yeah, she was in the tournament for the strawweight title. She fought uh, headliner, okay. who we'll talk about in a little bit, Jessica Delboni. So, like, uh, okay. in the grand grand she scheme, she really been out two years. Yeah, in the, in the grand scheme of yeah, that fight was in this past June. Um, yeah. So, and, and granted, it's only one round, um, which yeah. is kind of weird, but um, she was beaten pretty badly. But that's mostly because Jessica Delboni's a beast. So that that would make it four straight losses, technically, even though that one does not count as an official fight because it wasn't scheduled for the the full three rounds. Um, she also used to fight up at strawweight. She's seven years younger than Saul, and she's mi- at minus one fifteen. Um, not some stellar records here, Dan. No, but I would say this is that like mostly what I've seen out of Katie Saul, who I'm actually going to pick Katie Saul here. Um, what I've seen out of Katie Saul is like a little bit of a difficulty in dealing with uh, women who turn up the pressure and have like really good grappling. Um, and, and she's also gotten really unlucky with a pair of split decisions, back to back losses and split decisions to women who are four and one and three and one at the time of the fight. Um, so you know they're now four and one and five and one after having beat her. Um, so like she's fought really good women back to back and. In addition to being really good women, she's fought back to back. She fought them really closely, and the the thing is, is I I think her striking is infinitely better than, than Tabitha Watkins. Um, Watkins is a little sloppy on the feet. I also think Watkins gets backed up far too easily. Like if you look at most of her fights, she's mostly like throwing strikes like as she backpedals constantly until she gets to a clinch, which is when she's usually pretty good. She's actually not bad in the clinch. Um, except for that fight against Jessica Delboni. I, I don't think anybody looks good in the clinch against her. Um, so, like, she backpedal, 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 and then she'll, like, get in the clinch and be happy. I just don't think Katie Saul is going to engage her in that. Katie Saul is part of uh, – she was part of the Canadian national boxing team. Um, so she's, like, got exceptional boxing. Her head moves well. She throws a jab out there. She's got a nice big left hand that she throws because she is a lefty. So, um, yeah, I, I like a lot of what I've seen out of Katie Saul. And, and getting her at a pick value here, I think this fight is definitely close, but I think it should favor her. If Watkins gets backed up a lot, she should eat more fiber, Dan. Do, do you not think so? Ha-ha, hey, poop joke. <laughs> See, Dan, Dan does all the breakdowns for you there, and I... And he just slides right in with a poop joke. <laughs> the only thing that stood out of, of that breakdown was, hey, here's a joke I can I can do once I get my chance. So I had to wait, though. I You have to hand it to me. I did wait until uh, I let it rip. But just... Uh, <laughs> Well, let let the record know. Let the record show that despite me, uh, yeah, that's true. 
despite me being the uh, the poop joke guy, I uh, won the most money last year or lost the least money, actually, last year, to be perfectly honest. And I had a better picking record than Dan. So I'm not just a funny guy, okay? <laughs> right, Dan? That's sure. <laughs> sure. I'm not even a funny guy, so I might say. All right. Moving on. So Dan's going with the Canadians, so you got it like that. Um, should I move on or should I tell you about it? Let me tell you about a sponsor. We have amazing sponsors, and they deserve me. They deserve me sponsoring. No, uh, advertising them. That's the word. Advertising them right after a poop joke. Uh, Better Fantasy. Fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download the free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win we love better fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way too it's totally free to play you'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets better fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash sgpn that's betterfantasy.com slash sgpn uh, let's tell you about SoBet, too. Why not? Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access, access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it's purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept Let's get back to the roots of betting with Sobet. Go to Sobet.io slash SGPN. That's S-O-B-E-T dot I-O slash SGPN today to join the revolution. All right. Let's get some more winning picks for these people. Let's move up to Bantamweight. Maria Jose Favela versus Sarah Kletska. Kletska, I think I believed. Uh, I I decided it was. Kletska. Kletska, yes. That would be it. Um, Where's my notes? Here are my notes. Uh, did you know her nickname is Chucky? Did you know that, Dan? Yeah. Do you know why? Have you seen a picture of her? <laughs> yeah. She doesn't look like Chucky. Do you think she looks like Chucky? Uh, yo, okay. So you, I don't know what picture you're looking at. Quickly go to Tapology and take yes. a quick peek at the picture they have there. You can yeah. definitely see the Chucky eyes. Like, like it, it's Oh, yes, it's that's true. <laughs> scary that's what every every woman wants to be uh told that she looks like chucky so i'm sure she's she, she apparently she apparently her. likes it enough that she's willing to make it her fight name <laughs> it's true she's leaning into it um and favelas against leona just like um that former that disgraced champion of the ufc amanda no her is is she leona she's leona too also is she not amanda nunez think so is that just the the spanish or portuguese word for lion yeah i think i think it might be uh she's mayo leona what does that mean major lion or something yeah big lion or or like the the queen lion or something like that yeah queen of the jungle kind of lion deal got it okay so we got chucky versus a lion interesting i think i think i would take chucky in that because chucky's look at those eyes look at those eyes um all right, the Chucky we're speaking of here is two and three with one submission. She's never been finished in a fight. 
one and two in Invicta. She's also lost three straight fights. So it's just like our last fight um, that we broke down. She has lost three straight as well. She's at plus 280. The Lion, Favela, two and one, one submission. Never been finished in, in a fight. 0 and one in Invicta. Uh, that was her only uh, career loss up to that point, which was her last fight. Uh, she used to fight at flyweight. She's an inch taller, has an inch of reach, and she's at minus 350. Yeah, that's that's a thousand percent the right line. And as a matter of fact, it's probably not even high enough. Uh, I know I said back before, I didn't like the negative 550 line on Helen Peralta. I actually think Favela's line at, at negative 350 is playable on its own, even if you don't want to pair it with anything or look for a prop. Um, she's going to murder this girl. Um, Chucky doesn't stand a chance here against Favela because Favela has got really clean striking. She moves very well. And until it hits the mat, Kletchka doesn't look like she knows what she's doing. She looks like she's lost out there. So I, I think Favela is just absolutely going to style on her any way she wants. And for what it's worth, like, the only loss I've seen out of Favela, because I know 2-1 and one doesn't exactly inspire confidence, especially when you're laying money on that. She fought Josie Stortz, who is, like, a hot prospect in her own right. She's 3-0, and oh, and she's, like, a damn good wrestler. She trains out of Jackson Wink. Um... And, like, was, a, you know, a good up-and-comer on the regional or the Andy circuit before she became a pro. And Favela, also, good amateur record as well. I think I have a lot of faith in her. I think she's, like, an actual prospect, whereas it looks like she's been brought in a lamb here to slaughter. So I think she's going to steamroll Clutch Cut. And I actually would say if there was a bet on this card that I like the best, it's probably her, even at negative 350. Wow. You are very very um all in on favela are you yeah i i think she's uh, in there's actually one other pick that i like quite a bit more that that one is definitely my favorite uh that we've talked about so far oh see you're already changing dan you said it was your favorite and yeah right away, then, I, then I remember there's one i really like later so i i had to backtrack a little Could bit it be the next fight possibly a featherweight courtney king versus ramona pasquale i don't think it is <laughs> um, I'm guessing it's not. It's not. Because <laughs> you didn't say, yep, that's the one. Uh, all right. Oh, Courtney King's a lion. Oh, she should be fighting the other lion. That, uh, I guess they stick together, maybe. Um, but it's Pasquale Courtney the is... Lion King. Hey. Oh, yeah, I get it. Hey. <laughs> hey, good nickname. All right, this is another pick M, pick M fight on the board. Um, we'll tell you about the Lion King first. Four and two. One knockout, two submissions. Both of her losses have come via knockout. One and two in Invicta. November 20th was her last fight. Um, I'm sorry, November 2020 was her last fight. So we're talking uh, over a year now. Uh, she And that fight was a TKO loss. Um, she's the Fury, or was the Fury FC champ. She's two inches taller than Pasquale. Uh, three inches of reach, minus 105. Pasquale, five and two, three knockouts, one submission. This will be her Invicta debut. She's won three straight fights. She used to fight at Bantamweight. This one is up at Featherweight, and she's at minus 115. So you know Pasquale, even though she hasn't fought in Invicta? Yeah, I've seen a couple of her fights before. Um, she fought for Icon, which is a um, uh, company that winds up showing on Fight Pass. So uh, I've seen one of her fights from there. She also was in Road FC. Um, but... Uh, I like the underdog here. I like Courtney King. You know, you mentioned she's coming off of a loss uh, back in 2020. Did you happen to catch who that loss was to? 
Um, no. I can't it remember who the last one was. It was to Kayla Harrison. Yes, it was Tequila Harrison. Yes, the the very tough, uh, maybe best uh, lightweight in the world. Uh, in her test cut down to 145, they gave her Courtney King. Uh, she made the weight, looked pretty darn good at it. But I'll also say this. Courtney King stuffed a couple of takedowns in there, um, or at least one early one before they wound up clinching up, and Kayla Harrison got the judo takedown, So and then wound up getting very bloody. But the thing is, is that, like, I think, Courtney King is going to get the type of fight she wants here, which is a fight on the feet. Um, from what I've seen out of Ramona Pasquale, like, first of all, she hadn't fought in two years. And then her comeback fight, which was, uh, like I said, at Icon, which is on Fight Pass, was against a Mexican fighter who was had never fought before, pro or amateur. Um, so, like, you know, she doesn't have the best line of experience. And from what I've seen, too, I think her striking, especially when pressured, is a little bit sloppy. Um, the only really um, good fighter on her record I could find was Janae Harding. Um, and even Janae Harding maybe does have the best record. But, you know, I recognize as being a pretty good fighter. Got a bunch of Delator wins. And she just backed Ramona Pasquale up as easily as she wanted to. I think Courtney King just being the more technical boxer here, and plus the fact that I'm getting plus money on her, um, or close to it, right? It's negative 105. I think I saw it at plus yep. 100 somewhere. Um, you know, if, if this is a close fight as far as the striking goes, um, it, I, I think King is a little bit better and to get, you know, better money on it too. Uh, yeah, I'm leaning that way. There you go. I figured out what your bet is because you are a, uh, you are a homer, Dan. And in the next fight, someone was on the Top Turtle podcast. <laughs> Monica Franco was on the Top Turtle podcast. This they past were. That's week. still not the fight I'm talking about, though. Really? Yeah. Uh, she is fighting a bantamweight fight against Haley Cowan. Um, so we're gonna have to fade her since she was on Dan's other podcast. Uh, she's fearless. Obviously, she's fearless if she came on your podcast. She's fighting all hail Haley Cowan. Um, let's tell you about Fearless Franco first. Two and zero with one knockout. One and zero in Invicta. She's been out of action since February of 2020. She used to fight down at flyweight. She's at plus 230. Um, Haley Cowan, 5-2, and two, two knockouts, one submission. She Both of her losses have come via submission. This is her Invicta debut. She last fought September of 2020, uh, which she lost that fight. She also used to fight down at flyweight. She's eight years younger, three inches taller, eight inches of reach, minus 260. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Haley Cowan. Um, I I do love Monica Franco. Uh, I think she poses some like weird threats to Haley Cowan, being that she's a Taekwondo black belt. She throws oh, okay. like spinning yes. stripes and, and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, if, if you've you watched her last fight, which by the way came off of a five year layoff, which is a massive layoff, and now she's gonna have another two year layoff into this one. I, I think the worry here is that like. If you watched her fight with Tina Pettigrew, Pettigrew got her up against the cage and, like, used this, like, grinding style and ultimately couldn't get her down all that long, which is what won Franco the fight, because Franco is a really talented striker. Um, The problem is Haley Cowan is much more physical than Tina Pettigrew. She's much more better at getting in uh, on the the takedowns than Tina Pettigrew is. So, yeah, like, I actually think Cowan is, like, kind of an interesting prospect to keep an eye on in the future in the UFC. She might come calling at some point in time. She did just unfortunately lose a fight that she shouldn't lose in LFA to a, a replacement fighter. But I, I do think she's like destined for like pretty good things. Whereas I think Franco, 
she's promising, but just like the long layoffs have kind of cost her. And uh, ultimately, I think she needs to work on her grappling before she's like the complete package that could go somewhere load that. And she's got to stop talking to Dan on his podcast because that, as we've shown in the past, usually isn't <laughs> it's a ne- recipe, nev- recipe it's for nev- success. It's never good. <laughs> it's never never a good thing talking to Dan. Um, all right. I guess the main event must be the bet that he likes the most. Um, we'll get to that in a sec first. SGPN. That's us. We have an app. Um, we're now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. It gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Um, so make sure you download it. Plus, if you're hearing this before Monday night, uh, we have a contest where you win 500 bucks. You can access this via the app. All right, the Gens, the College Football National Championship is on Monday night. Since we all know it's not a true playoff, SGPN is giving you an authentic college football playoff. We'll be simulating the games and doing play-by-play for the National Championship on Monday at 4 p.m. on our YouTube channel. So make sure you find us on YouTube. How do you win your money is what you want to know. Um, you can win 500 bucks if you fill out a bracket by Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Sorry, 1 p.m. Pacific time, so 4 Eastern. Uh, just make sure you go into the SGPN app. Very top uh, option on uh, the drop-down menu is contest. Go in there. You can enter our contest, win 500 bucks. So, And it's coming directly out of uh, the money Gummy gets paid for writing and doing the podcast. So that's another bonus. <laughs> um, so if you want to. Take me out of Dan uh, off of Dan's table, then definitely make sure you enter that contest on there. But Dan's going to win lots of money with his uh, main event pick because apparently it's his favorite pick um, of all. Oh, also when you download our app, give us a review because we're amazing. Um, all right, main event is a title fight rematch. Um, it's for the Invicta FC Atomweight Championship. Champ Alicia Zapatala versus challenger Jessica Delboni. The champ won her belt in controversial fashion um, via split decision last time out. So they are running it back. And Zapatella, I saw today, she said this is her last cut down to Adam because it's gotten too difficult for her. Did you hear that? I did hear that. I will say, judging by her size and her build and uh, also how she fights, I don't like her chances at straw weight. Um, She's four foot eleven. Yeah, and with with a reach that that is, I, I think only five foot. Um, like yeah. like I think she she barely has a four foot eleven reach. Like, and not only that is like here's the, you know, I don't, I don't want to get to breaking that this down right away, but like if you look at the way that she fights, she doesn't fight in a way where she can make up for that. Like, she, she, yeah, she has good wrestling, so she can close the distance. Awesome. Cool. Like, that'll work. But in that way, like, you have to have things to do to close the distance, not just, like, bull rush forward and shoot a massive double leg. And that's most most of her wrestling attempts are, like, super telegraphed. And, like, if you go back and watch the first fight with Delboni, like, she does exactly that. She, like, shoots takedowns that she has no business shooting. They get stuffed badly. And Delboni. When he puts it on her, um, and, and like I, I just don't think moving up to strawweight is going to make that better. If anything, it's going to make it way worse. So, yeah, um, yeah, like I mean, I guess if her weight cut is hard and that's what she deems is the right move to do, then by all means do it. I, I just hope she's not doing it because uh, the UFC doesn't have an atom weight division um, and is thinking she's you know UFC ready because 
man, I, I don't see very many women's strawweight fighters in the UFC that she would be right now. Well, let's see uh, if if she's going to move up weight class, uh, having to abandon her title, or if she's actually going to lose her title. Um, I think I know what way Dan's leaning. But, but, <laughs> so, the champ, Alicia Zapatella, half pint, is actually the underdog going into this fight. Um, she's 9-2 with one no contest. She's won two fights via submission. Never been finished in a fight. She's 6-1 and one in Invicta and is the current champ, as I said. She won four straight fights. She used to fight at strawweight. Um, she's two years younger than Dalboni, plus 155 coming back if you think the champ will retain. Dalboni, 11-3 with two knockouts, 3-2 and two in Invicta. She's got loss, win, loss, win. Think of that, Dan. There's a pattern there, Dan, before we make your pick. Um, she also used to fight at strawweight. Two inches taller, two inches reach, so she's not exactly towering over uh, Zapatella or has a massive reach over her, advantage over her. Minus 175. You like that number, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, and as a matter of fact, if you listened to me a little while ago, uh, I actually told you she was uh, she was posted as a underdog when this fight was first posted. I think like plus one twenty, um, which is uh, you know just for for anybody. Actually, oh, I'm looking right now. According to Best Fight Odds, she was posted at plus one fifty. So maybe I told you when I saw plus one twenty. Wow. But I mean, like wild. She, she's she looks great, um, and she looks so good in the first fight with Zapatella. Stuff in the takedown. She's got better pressure. Her hands are infinitely better. Basically, Zapatella's method of victory here has to be Delboni has to make a mistake, get too close to her grappling, and then lose the grappling exchange. Which I think, even if she makes those mistakes, she can win the grappling exchanges, like she did a couple of times last time out. So, yeah, like I think this is Delboni's fight all the way. I think it's a pretty easy pick and yeah I mean like you should have gotten it back when Telboni was plus 150 but I, I imagine the books are on a hook for a pretty bad loss if Delboni comes up uh with a win here some some big uh, high rollers jumped on that number apparently and and rammed it up into minus 175 is, is where it is now so um is there a uh, any props or parlays you like for this uh, for this fight card or not? So I have, are there any? I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any props posted, but I'm going to keep an eye on when Helen Peralta by finish comes in because if I want to play every single fight, Helen Peralta, um, you know, it, it's possible she'll get a finish there. It'll make the line look a little bit more interesting and things like that. But it, if I'm looking for a uh, parlay to put together, you, I'd probably put Cowan and, and Favela together. You're going to get almost even money by doing that and I think they're both probably pretty safe plays um I mean like you can throw Delboni in there if you want but I like hers kind of on her its own because I, I think that that's a fight where uh, you know you're just gonna make a little bit of money anyway so um Favela and Cowan kind of make those those bigger lines a little bit more interesting so yeah th- that might be my uh my parlay and my prop that I will keep an eye out for depending on how the books uh work this one is Peralta by finish is there a fight that we should look forward to the most on this fight card? Um, as far as is fun to watch, um, I mean, like, I think all of them will be fun to watch in their own kind of way. I, I think in general, like, uh, so it depends. Do you mean, like, in a back-and-forth way exciting? Or do you mean highly skilled way? Or do you mean, like, do you just love to see a fucking beatdown? <laughs> Because Favela will be fun to watch if you you're enjoy. Making it, you're making it far too difficult, Dan. 
Favela will be fun to watch if you'd like a beatdown, because I think she's probably, of all the people on the card, I actually think she has, like, the most upside as a potential, like, you know, UFC signing going somewhere at some point in time. Uh, Maria Jose Favela is kind of that person for me. Um, Other than that, like, I think, however, Cowan Franco winds up will be a very interesting fight, because you got somebody who's kind of like a bruiser and somebody who's a Taekwondo specialist. So that one's going to be weird style wise. And I, I'm excited to watch Favela because I think she's, she's just kind of like uh, one of those, those people who has a lot of promise and it'll be interesting to see if she lives up to it. You apparently have not seen the child's play um, video, a movie. Um, Francis, have you Dan? You're saying <laughs> I, Chucky's going to get, you saying Chucky's going to get destroyed. Yeah. I, Chucky's going to get an ax right to the forehead. Oh, ouch <laughs> from the lion. All right, um, so that's it for Invicta. Should be should be a fun night of fights on Wednesday too, um, which is hey, who, who can argue about a weeknight fight card? Did you do your homework, Dan? Did I do my homework? Yeah, you you, you had you're gonna have to do a feature this this week this uh, episode. You're not gonna do it now, are you? You forgot oh, man, to do I, it again. I can't remember what what's my what's my feature. You, oh my god it's two episodes in a row now um you were going to give us props like over unders for the year and whether we think it's oh. going to happen or not that type of thing yeah I, I had like a couple of goofy ones for you that you could pick and we could see whether or not you're you're good at guessing okay go do it all right all right so this will be our our space filler for the last five minutes all right so over or under uh one connor Mag- 1.5 connor mcgregor fights over or under 1.5? Under. He's You're going to take under. Once. All right. So same thing. Over or under 1.5 Jake Paul MMA fights? Uh, under also. You're going to take under on that as well? Okay. MMA fights? Over or under? Yes. You're saying MMA or UFC? You're saying MMA, right? I said MMA because he seems yeah. to be in talks with PFL. It seems like a real thing pretty soon. So uh, um, how about old? I'm telling you, how about over or under a half of a Diaz fight? And it could be any Diaz. <laughs> hmm. Over. You're going to take a Diaz fight in 2022, huh? Yep. Something. All right. So we're going to go. Uh, let's get one more in there. Over or under uh, four and a half new champs. Uh, how many did we? How many did I pick? I could tell you actually. Now, Dan, now I'm like, asking you. Now I'm asking you to think about what you said. I know exactly. No, I'll just go. Um, people like when we count on this podcast, right? So I'll just go and count. <laughs> how many you, chance. I, I picked Derek Lewis to be a champ. Remember that? I do uh, remember that. Pretty vivid. Um, <laughs> right, over four and a half. Let me see, Dan. I got Lewis. That's one. I got light heavy. I got Yuri. That's two. Um. Boom, 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 boom. I got Yan. That that counts, right? Because he's only interim. Uh, so that's he's interim. He's not. Yeah, yeah. That's I. I thought you meant. I thought you meant Jan Blakovich. No, so, I'm yeah, sorry. Was... No, no. <laughs> Piotra. So that's three. Askarov. That one I'm not so sure about. That's four. Noons getting her belt back. That's yeah. Over. That's five. And then over. Yeah, I'm taking over. Yeah, and then. Okay. Yeah, I think right. I'm right about. I'm at five actually. So, new. I'm typing on new chance. Four point five over. All right. So I got Connor under one and a half fights. 
Jake Paul under one and a half uh, MMA fights, and then you took yeah. the over on half of a Diaz fight. Yeah, I, I, it sounds like Nate and Dustin want to fight, but why would the they claim the UFC doesn't want to do it? Why? It must be money. The UFC doesn't want to pay <laughs> Nate Diaz the amount of money yeah. Nate Diaz is looking to make. Because, like, yeah. <laughs> look, look, so so let's call a spade a spade here, right? Like, Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier are not looking to just fight the third from the top right. fight on a pay-per-view card anytime soon, right? The, yeah. Nate Diaz and, and Dustin Poirier want to headline a pay-per-view card probably with pay-per-view points or at least get a little share of the pay-per-view points as a co-main event. Um um, and probably want to talk you into making it a five-round co-main event. So um, not that the UFC wouldn't get good views off of that, but, like, they're not trying to give away pay-per-view revenue to those two for that because they could put pretty much anything as a co-main event, right? Um, and it's going to do almost as well as that would. You know, like the Diaz rub helps a little bit, but does it help enough for what you're going to lose in, in giving them both pay-per-view points? Yeah, and it's it's always uh, disingenuous when uh, Dana White claims the fighter doesn't want doesn't want to fight. Um, it means he doesn't want to fight for the amount we're offering. Terms. Yep, and then yeah, yeah, and yeah. then this this is this is vice versa. Uh, they're claiming the UFC doesn't want them to fight, but they don't want to to pay. It all comes down to money, um, as it always does. Um, would you pay seventy five dollars to watch them fight, Dan? Because that's is the new price oh, for UFC pay per views seventy four ninety five or whatever. You know, that's a wild move. Um, I can't yeah. believe they're going up with it again. Here's the thing I will say, though. I, I saw, like, I saw a droves of people on Twitter saying, like, this is the final straw. And don't get sure me wrong. And, and don't get me wrong. If if you had already hit the point where you're like, I'm not paying for this. I'm going to find a goofy-ass way to bootleg it. Or, you know, I know some illegal streams or I have a VPN or whatever you do to illegally you stream. I, I Can you share I, I um, so it, whatever you do to to find illegal stuff, if, if you do that and you were already there, then this doesn't affect you, right? Because already yep. the price hike, you know, it wouldn't affect you. But if you're somebody who paid for every single pay-per-view over the course of a year, and that's something you regularly do, and there are 12 in a year and they went up by five bucks, I feel like $60 investment at the end of the day here is not murdering you. You know what I mean? Like, yep. that, it's going to cost you 60 bucks. It's basically like they upped the amount of pay-per-views from, from 12 to 13. And not for anything, they had a free pay-per-view last year in Abu Dhabi, right? So, like, it's just basically like they're retroactively asking you to pay for that pay-per-view. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's the third price increase since they've they've gone to ESPN+. Plus. Um but yeah, it's um, and, and getting back to the the Diaz, um, they want to have to pay Diaz um, and that other guy, uh, Poye, money. Uh, UFC gets paid a set amount basically from uh, from the Disney Corporation uh, from ESPN Plus. So they 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 try they try to book super big pay per views. So um, I, I think they get uh, over and over and above uh, money if if a pay per view sells a certain amount, but. Their money's guaranteed, so they don't really—they're not under any pressure to to um, stick these guys on a fight card and, and pay them enormous money um, because their money's set; it's guaranteed money. Yeah, I—you uh, know—they're—they're they're always going to make 
the flat rate for the fight nights anyway. I, I do think they get quite a big bonus off of the, the yeah. pay-per-views, although obviously we don't have the terms to anything. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I'm sure they make droves of money there too. So n- not to mention ESPN's making money hand over fist just by being like, you want to watch UFC? Turns out you have to be in the ESPN business here because yep. – the only way we can watch it, um, and in addition to that, they also have exclusive rights to PFL, and now, uh, you know, Fight Pass has pretty much any other organization that's mostly worth watching, not called Bellator. So, um, yeah, um, seems like a dick move on the UFC after <laughs> claiming they had the greatest financial year of all time. Uh, yep. But at the end of the day, I think people who say that that's the breaking point, first of all, you either had the breaking point or you're really bad at math. Um, cause that's, yep. that's sort of my take. <laughs> yep. Very true. Um, we're going to have our takes, uh, on a UFC, actual UFC fight card next episode, which will be dropping on Wednesday. Cause we have a fight card coming up on Saturday. It's fighters are dropping like flies off this card though. Um, we've lost three fights over the past few days. We're down to, I think there's 11, 10 or 11 fights at this point. There's, there's 11, but one is supposedly getting a replacement, which would bring it back to 12. Um, which one is that? Uh, so Muslim Salikov, the fighter yep. who you were sort of interested in seeing, fight Michelle Pereira, uh, and even thought about giving it to our boss man for a bet. Um, he dropped out of that fight, and so Michelle Pereira is currently awaiting an opponent in uh, last I heard, he was willing to fight just about anybody who they throw in front of him, because um, that's kind of his style, right? And he did that once already. It did backfire, and he lost to Tristan Connolly in bizarre fashion. But um, he's, like, ready to fight a replacement. So I think they're just looking to – I think at the current moment, they're looking to see if they can find somebody who's already under roster that they could just throw in there. Um, you know, somebody like a Max Griffin or something like that who would be willing to throw down. But at the same time – uh, I, I think they're they're willing to fill in with anybody because he is kind of like a lot of fun to watch. So I think they're trying to get him on that card still, and that would bring it back to 12. Six main card fights and six prelims. Well, I hope they hurry up and name someone so I can do the um, proper research for it before we make our picks on Wednesday. So get on that UFC. Um, yeah, the, well, I'll bid you farewell in, until that until that Wednesday episode. Um, thank you for listening. Hopefully, you are jumping all over Dan's picks. He gave you some underdogs and stuff too for Invicta. So definitely get on that before the lines get crazy. Um, read all our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and mma-manifesto.com, where the Pick'em contest will return. Since UFC is back, I will have a Pick'em contest running for it for this week. Um, and you can listen to Dan's other podcasts if you choose. Top Turtle MMA podcast and the Prelim Primer. You prelim got it. Primer? And Primer, it will yes. be it, and it will be back this week. Hooray! Dan gets to pick Prelim fights and prime us for them. So, um, and we'll be back in your ears, like I said, Wednesday with picks for UFC Fight Night slash UFC on ESPN. Cater versus Chikaze. Take us home, Dan. I'm Dan Gibby Freeland. He is, what do we do? Hobo Cop, Jeff Fox. And we'll catch you on Wednesday. 